Okay. So we're in Perak Perak 7, um, verse number 3. So the Pasuk says, Tov ka'as muschok ki panim yitavlev. So he says that um, that it's better to have anger than levity, than, uh, than laughter. Because even though your, the face may be is like sad, the heart will be glad. So Rashi explains what that means. Rashi says that what that means is that uh, it's that if there's a person who uh, who's ha- seems to be having a bit of a bad time because the midat adin, the the um, um, what's it called the, the divine judgment is pursuing them. I'll get there. Says, don't be upset. Don't be depressed in any way. Why? Because he says. Because I'll explain to you. I says tovayalehem doramabu. Says Rashi. It would, writing from the midrash. The midrash says it was better for the for the the generation of the flood. It would have been better. For the generation of the flood, that if Hakadosh Baruch had had shown them some type of direct anger, in other words, if Hashem had in some way castigated the generation of the flood, it would have been better for them because um, because because if Hashem had just shown them even the slightest amount of his um, disappointment in their behavior, then they would have done tshuva, but he didn't. And since he didn't, so therefore they um, they continued on their on their evil ways, um, and that really is an important thing for us to understand. That sometimes uh, the, the well the purpose of the sometimes negative things that happen are also just to assist us in uh, in awaking a little bit, um, as as Rashi then says, because even though it might be difficult for the person, and you're a bit sad. Nonetheless, that a person will still be, um, uh, will be able to change his ways. The Matsudas David says something fascinating um, in this. And he says the following. So it says, better, it's better to be angry than to laugh. Because through the, um, the, 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 the bad face, through the sad face, the heart will be glad. And, and the Matsuris David really gives us a good indication of, of, on, on relationships. He says the following. If a person does something wrong to his friend, okay, so a person, whatever, you do something wrong to somebody, and that, and that friend is he, he expresses his anger or shows him that he's upset with him, then it's better than the person shows him some type of uh, um, nice face just to 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 not um, to not uh, get into some type of machlokas. He says it's better that uh, he shows that he's angry because um, because out of that there will be the tov lev. There will be good heart. Why? Because if a person is in, is is able to express their feeling towards another person who may have wronged them, then they immediately um, get out. The, the, the feeling that they have, and they don't build up this uh, this faribal, this desire for revenge or anything like that. He cannot ever, he says, because that's nature. Uh, the, the nature is that if we get can get those feelings out, we all know this. It's just interesting that the pastor says it. That, that if we can get our feelings out, then we don't have um, we don't have uh, what he calls sina tumunabili We don't have this hatred which is like sitting in our hearts, 
ולא יחמור ביום נקם לעת מצוין. So therefore, the person is unable to get their feelings out when they feel it, then they harbor it, and because they harbor it, they're unable to, they, they, um, ultimately it comes out in the wrong way. So I think that's a, that's a beautiful concept for us to, to, to really think about, especially at this time of the three weeks, which will be a concept that we go through all of these things, is that it's a time to really get out. If we have faribles, kasvah shalom with anybody, it's now the time to start approaching them, trying to engage with them and, uh, and sorting them. I mean, none of us would have faribles. I'm just saying, if you know anyone who does, just let them know. That is a good pasuk. Okay. Then it says, Leib chachamim bevet evel, that the, uh, the next pasuk, that's pasuk dal, uh, number four, that, that the heart of the chachamim, of the wise, of bevet evel, are in the um, house of mourning, and the hearts of fools are in, um, in the house of merrymaking, in a, in a place of partying, etc. So Rashi says, so what does it mean that the, heart, the hearts of the Tachamim, of wise people, and the Beit Abel are in, uh, in houses of mourning? Um, sorry, guys, one second. Okay, so it says the, the heart, the heart of uh, the Chachamim of the Beit Abel, that the heart of the wife are in the um, uh, in a, in house of mourning. He says Machshavatam al Yomamita that um, their thoughts are in um, for the day of for the day of death. In other words. What they're thinking about is they're thinking about serious things and where they go and where, and where they will go to, as opposed to the fools who um, sorry, says that the hearts of fools they don't fear anything, they have no stresses, they have nothing, they just carry on their lives and uh, enjoy the levity and mockery of their lives, and therefore their their hearts are always healthy. He says, okay. So it comes along the Matilda's David. The Matilda's David says the following. That um, the why is it that the labor of the Chachamim, that the heart of the wise, are always thinking about the Beit Avel, always thinking about this uh, negative space of a house of mourning? And he says because the whole point is that they, they uh, through that they're able to humble themselves and uh, and be aware of, of sin, as opposed to the uh, to the the ksilim, the fools who don't really care about anything and they just con continue to do all these avaras. Okay. Now, verse number five. This is a, a, a beautiful idea that we're going to speak about. It says, totally It's better to listen to the, um, to the reproof, to the musar of a wise person. From a person who listens to the, to the praise, to the, um, you know, to the praise, let's call it, of, of fools. In other words, he's saying, rather listen to somebody who's going to tell you the truth um, that may be difficult to hear, um, then to listen to somebody who's going to just praise you like, which, uh, 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 on things that are really unwarranted. So the... Um, sorry, so on that, the, uh, the, the Matulis Davi says, what does it mean? He says that it's better um, to to hear the reproof to the, the Musa of a, of a wise person, he says, because even though it makes you, um, you know, when we hear um, criticism, we often are not, we, we find it very really difficult. And he says, it makes you, 
makes you like uh, nervous. Because if you know, if you if it's coming from a good place, if it's coming from a wise person, it's coming from someone you respect. So then it's 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 it's, it's latoiva. The purpose of it is positive. Because a wise person doesn't give musa for the sake of giving musa. He gives musa for the sake of assisting the person to go along the straight path. And if the person will go along the straight path, then it's better for them to hear the good word rather than um, than rather than a person that hears the voices of fools, of the song of fools, the praises of fools. Um, he says, what does that mean? That even if um, um, a person is, uh, this is an unbelievable insight, he says, even if a person is a great person, he's a big tzaddik, he's a Yorei Elohim, he has fear of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, um, and therefore, even though he hears the, the words of the fool, he, he's, he's able to, um, to, to take the words of the fool and the songs of the, of the fool and the songs of the fool are, uh, enable him to, um, to, to, to remove himself from the level of sadness. He says, nonetheless, he says the following. Um, that, sorry, even if a person is able to take some type of something positive from the, the praise of fools, he says at the end of the day, um, it's going to impact on a person negatively. Even though one might take, be able to take lessons and one able to take praise, one able to take all those things, the, neg the negativity that, that, that upon which it's based, its foundation, is something problematic. And that's really what we see from some of the other, um, the other Mepharshim, where the, uh, the Chochmat Anach says the following. He says, Efshar says, even a tzaddik who will hear the, pra the, the praise of the fools, um, can take something out of it. You know, we, we, we often in our lives, especially as, as uh, let's say, Jews that are from Jews, but are also involved in modernity. We often feel that we are able to learn lessons from, uh, from everything. So we'll take um, a movie and we'll say, well, we, you know, it's a great movie and we learned a life lesson out of it and it's fantastic. And it is, and it's important because everything that we do should enable us to, um, to, to connect to our Kodesh Baruch Hu in a proud way. Uh, in a profound way. And that's really what it says in Pirkei Avot, says the Chochmat Anach, that it's Adam. That the, who is the wise person? Who's the person who's going to grow? The person who's going to achieve great things? That's the person who's able to learn from everybody. He explains what does it mean? It means that through one's ability to discern Chochmat, to discern wisdom, you're able to learn from everybody. Even from a fool and an idiot, from even from a from an artist and from anything, if we if we are we are chachamim and we are able to 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 learn lessons from everybody, so that's an amazing thing, and that really is something that is praiseworthy because because we can learn different ways of doing things to serve our Kodesh Baruch The Gemara tells us like that we can learn even if we look at insects or we look at the world around us, we can learn lessons. So we can learn um, productivity from the ant, and we can learn sneers from the um, from the cat, and we can learn all different things from all the different from all different places in order to assist us in our avodas Hashem. The problem is, says the Chok Machanak, that we have to be careful that um, 
that if we don't, if we, if, we, if we only are learning from the world around us and not from Torah, so then we may fall a little bit foul. And he says the following. So he says, we can also learn what not to do. So for example, he says, we learn from, from uh, people who go, who have zvizut. Zvizut is like um, zealousness, where people go and they've got incredible energy to do incredible things. We should learn from that to be zaris, but Torah mitzvahs, to, do, to, to learn Torah and to do mitzvot. And that's how we're able to learn from everybody. However, um, the problem is that um, we need to remember that whilst those lessons are important for us, and they are fundamentally important, and they're things that we need to, need to always be able to take in, if we are only learning those lessons from, um, from, from the world around us, then we're not learning Torah, we're learning Midot. Midot is fundamental, but Midot is the foundation of Torah. Torah is the word of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and therefore we have to be careful to, um, to ensure that we move forward with that as well. Um, and therefore he says, sorry, I lost the page. Therefore he says, in kolze yoter tov, lishmoa garat chacham. says, nonetheless, we should, be, we should rather listen to the musr of a chacham, dahani ischut chacham lashpia alav chachma. Because the person who is a chacham, I don't know if anybody's actually ever seen really, really great people, a really great rabbonim, really great tzaddikim. Um, I was zoiche, um, to see a number of them um, in my time in yeshiva and other places. And uh, they really have an impact just by being, by being in their presence. And because of that impact, he says that they have the ability, they have the ability to infuse within us um, the, the, this, this incredible spirit of wisdom, of understanding, of uh, connection to our Kaddish Baruch Hu, And that's ultimately what we have to learn, rather learn from them, rather than to learn from um, the, uh, the, the shear of the Ksilim, from the Song of the Fools. Rather, let's learn from the great wisdom of the great Tzadikim. Okay, says the next, we're into the next Pasuk. Uh, um, why, is, why is this? And then this is fantastic. He says, Ki, he says, because like the crackling of um, thorns under a uh, copper pot, so is the laughter of the fools. Rashi says the following. Rashi tells us that um, when you put thorns under, as part of your fire, now we don't do this anymore unless we bry with, uh, with wood, but um, when you put thorns and wood under a fire, what happens is that the, the thorns, um, because they're so thin, they, last very, they, they don't last very long. So they'll crack a little bit, and then they, then they laugh. Then, they, then, they, um, then, they, then they've burnt up already, as opposed to the actual logs, which continue to burn and continue to crackle for a while. Um, so he, Rashi explains, quoting from the Gomorrah, that what we're talking about here is that... Uh, Things of substance have a sustainable, have a sustainable voice. Um, thorns are just small little pieces of wood and they have no sustainability. They make a lot of noise because they crackle a lot because, they, because that's what they do. But they, whilst they make a lot of noise, it's not sustainable. Um, as opposed to the big piece of wood, which ultimately settle but still burn for a long time. And he says that's interesting because he, he, the Torah Tmima takes that and he says it makes a marshal. Says the a person who's not great in Torah, doesn't really know much. But nonetheless, right, 
They are the ones who make themselves heard more than anybody else. In order to, to make everybody else think that they're also a Ben Torah. And he says, so too, the, um, there is this beautiful Midrash. That the Midrash says that when the wind blows through, through different trees, different trees make different noises. And the fruit trees make the least noise of all the trees. So comes along the, um, the angels and they said to the fruit trees, why do you not make so much noise when the wind blows? Right? Yeah, we've got uh, whatever the tree is. I don't know the names of trees. But the oak tree is making all this noise. Right? Whereas the orange tree doesn't make much noise when the wind blows through it. So the, so they, so the, tree, the trees answer the malachim. And they say, We don't have to make a noise. Because our fruits... That which we produce are the things that, um, that uh, bear testimony to who we are, right? Uh, whereas those, fruit, those trees that do not produce any fruit, they need to make a noise in order to, to be shown up, to, to, to make their presence felt. And I think it's very important for us in our lives as well that we, um, we understand that, you know, in the, we have to know where we have to make a noise and where we don't have to make a noise. But the noise that we do make and the, and the impact that we, we do make shouldn't be the impact of the kotsim, of these thorns under the uh, copper pot, but rather the, uh, the impact that we make should be like the fruit trees, which is uh, something which is sustainable, something which continues beyond ourselves. And I think that's an important lesson that uh, Kohelet is trying to teach us here. Um, the, the Kli Yakar... Um, the Kliyakas tells us something really, really important and, and really fantastic. The Kliyakas says the following. Um, he's, he's trying to understand when, uh, when Moshe Rabbeinu, we all know the story, Moshe Rabbeinu is, um, is, uh, is, is he, he becomes older, he's grown up, he goes out of the palace for the first time and he sees these, um, this, this mitzri hitting a Jew. And so what does he do? So the, the midrash describes how he invokes Hashem's name and he kills the mitzri. And in killing the mitzri, he then buries him under, under the sand. And the next day, he, um, he goes out and uh, these two Jews are fighting. And he says to the two Jews, you know, why are you fighting with each other? And then they start giving him Musa and say to him, you know, baby, are you going to do to us what you did to the mitzri? And Moshe makes a, 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 an incredible remark. And he says, Maybe this matter is known. And the, the Kliyakar says, Why would Moshe Rabbeinu say that? So maybe these two guys saw it. So they saw what was happening. They clearly are not the, um, the, the, the most savory human beings around. Why would Moshe worry that everybody now, that everybody would know about what had happened to him the day before? And he says the following. He says, because that um, Moshe Rabbeinu was trying to understand why is it that Bnei Israel are so st stuck in the, um, in the slavery of Mitzrayim. And he says, because why do we always find ourselves in Torahs more than any of the other nations in the world? Uh, right, right now, right, black like me has become anti-Semitism. Everything has become anti-Semitism. It's an unbelievable thing. And in actual fact, it's part of the parsha because um, the parsha tells us. It's actually black. 
matter, mean, not black lives matter. Black lives matter. Sorry. Thank you, Moni. You're on. You're on. You're on. Thank you. Black lives matter. Thank you, Moni. You got it. I'm being Thank you, Moni. So, so the point is, point is, thank you. That's quite embarrassing. Okay. Um, the point is, so what happened is, so why why is it that Black Lives Matter becomes an anti-Semitic thing? Bizarre. Like it's got nothing to do with anything. But it's the parsha because the parsha tells us that that Moshe that Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, Saror et amidyanim, go and like, um, sorry, nikom nikmas, you've got to go and just. The, um, avenge my uh, anger against the Midianim. So who are the Midianim? The Midianim are the Midianites who um, who, be, who included themselves in this uh, this whole story that happened with um, with Bilam. So the the story is you had Balak who is the king of Moab. He calls he calls um, Bilam to come and curse the Jews. That's a couple of weeks ago in the parsha. And suddenly we find Midianite princes being part of, um, of that whole story. And the question is, where do they come from? So Rashi tells us, we can understand Moab. Moab was terrified. They were terrified that there's these five million people coming towards their territory. And uh, they obviously they're terrified. They're scared. They're worried that, uh, that these Jews are going to take over. However, Midian had nothing to do with this at all. The only reason Midian got involved is because Midian have a beef with Am Yisrael. Where's their beef with Am Yisrael? And this is really something which is unbelievable if you really think about it, is that uh, who are Midian? Where did Midian come from? I don't know if anybody knows. Have you ever thought, who is this nation of Midian which constantly comes up and having a fight with the Jewish people? Midian is one of the sons of Avram Avinu from... Um, from Keturah, remember, after Sarah dies, he takes another wife. He was, he, they called her Keturah, and he has these six children. Those six children, it says, that, the Pasuk says, uh, that Abraham gave everything he had to Yitzchak, and he gave those, his other sons, like these little presents, and he sent them packing to the east. So can you imagine Midian, who's one of those sons, really, it's a family feud. It's another family feud against Amistrel of this nation called Midian that get involved just because they're getting involved. And that's really what's hap what happens in the world is where we find people who um, attack Amistrel for no reason whatsoever because that's just the nature of anti-Semitism. It's the nature of how things work. But why is it that we're getting that? Why is it that we have this anti-Semitism constantly affecting us over and over and over? And says the Kiyakar, it's based on these words of Moshe Rabbeinu, Achein no Dahadavar. Maybe the matter was known. Why? Because Lafi Sheyesh Behem Dalturin, Mashmim, Kol Anot Bacharufim, Ugdufim, Al Shefne Vaarat. Says because within Am Israel there are people who tell tales, who go around speaking Losh and Horror. And those are like thorns. They are like the thorns that um, when they are under the when they are under the um, this copper pot, they make an enormous amount of noise. And um, so even while Am Israel are in Soros, even while we are going through difficult times in our lives, comes along the Kliakan and says, nonetheless, Am Israel still. Um, become like thorns to one another. It says, Each one is like trying to be like stick thorns into each other all the time. And because we keep um, 
giving each other Torahs and speaking Oshon Hora and not creating Ava, but rather creating um, discord. Ze ikar hasibali Yisrael liot pagalut. Mitzad hasinah, the reason why we're in Galot is because of the hatred and the kina and the jealousy. Shebeinehem yoter mikola amot, which is more hatred and more jealousy amongst ourselves than anybody else in the world. There is no, there are no other people, there are no other nation in the world that has, that has internal strife like the Jewish people. He says that uh, there's nothing like the, the people who speak Losh and Hora who create unbelievable machlokas within the Jewish people. Um, and that's why he says that uh, where does, where does the, um, the fire of machloket come from? And this is an unbelievable thing. He says, He says, you know where the fire comes from? The fire comes from the parents who, um, who create the fire. And then the children come and they just add the fuel to the fire. So you know where the fire comes from? You know where the Loshonara comes from? And that's what he's saying. Um, he's saying it comes from us. From us as the parents. What are we teaching our children? Um, um, when we sit around our tables and we speak, even if it's honest, and we speak ill about um, whatever institution or about certain people or about what's going on, we are teaching them. And that's why it says, he says, when, uh, when Moshe Rabbeinu um, um, went to, uh, saw this thing, this burning bush, it says, that the bush was not consumed. Why? Because every generation, there are going to, there is wood that is right. So the bush is this burning bush. It's like a little wooden bush, a little a thorny bush. It says every generation, the fire of Machlokas does not consume the bush, meaning that in every generation there is bush that will still burn until we put out the fire. The point is not to, is, the point is not to be chapped that the fire, that the, the, the burning that the burning bush wasn't consumed the point is is that there's still fuel constantly being put into the fire in every single generation and our job and our role as parents is to find that point where we can stop it and if we can find that point where we can stop that uh, the, the the ability for that fuel to come back to come into the fire because we are no longer allowing that so then we will create the avatina we will create this unbridled love that will enable us to once again be in the space where it's supposed to be, but says the Kliyaka, until such time as we are careful, very careful with what we, what we say, how we say it and who we speak about, then we will, we will, we will constantly be um, feeding uh, the thorns into the fire and feeding the thorns into the fire means we will always have God. So please God, it's, uh, it's coming up the uh, Rosh Chodesh Av, which is Rosh Chodesh um, of, of a difficult time. And uh, please God, we should work on uh, taking away the fuel of the fire. And in doing that, please God, we'll, we'll have to be, please be able to, to reveal uh, Mashiach who will come. Please God, it says, one thing just quickly on the, um, on the Parsha, it says that, uh, it speaks about the daughters of Tzlovcha that we spoke about before, who, um, who were these incredible women and they wanted to maintain their, um, their, their landed inheritance. And so the Torah says, Vatiena Machla Tira Chogla Milka Noah Bnot Slofrad Ivne Dodehen Lonashim. 
it says that, uh, that the daughters became, were forced in a way to marry their cousins to prevent the land that they should have inherited in Israel from going into a different shevet. So um, the question is asked, so if that's the case, if they were forced into that relationship, doesn't mean that they were stuck with these bad shiduchim. So um, it says that they were married livnei dodehem. The, uh, the Balaturim says is the same gematria as lahagun lahem, means that they were, the, they were worthy to them. They, were, they married men who were worthy of the women. And here we see an incredible thing. That the, that the Torah understood how great these women were, and it wasn't just okay for them to marry anybody, but that they married lahagun lahem to the people that were worthy of them, who would be able to take forward the, uh, the values that they took to the next generation. So to, we need to be, be, be careful that the people we marry to, um, the people we marry to are hagun lanu. <laughs> They're the people that we're supposed to be. And so we have to work together. To, uh, to, to build Am Yisrael, to build Klal Yisrael, to build Shalom with Am Yisrael. And in that way, please God, uh, whilst we are mourning now for the, uh, for the stones and the wood of the destroyed Beis Hamikdash, um, what we're really mourning for is the, uh, is the sticks and stones that, don't, that, uh, that haven't really hurt anybody, but the words that have harmed everybody. And those words are the words we have to work on and, uh, and take away the fuel of the fire. So I hope... Uh, we have something to go with us into, into Tisha B'Av. Um, next week, if you don't mind, I'm just going to take a break of all Shurim next week. So we're not going to learn next week. But uh, we will learn, please God, after Tisha B'Av. Have a beautiful Shabbos and have a beautiful week. And Bezrat Hashem, we will continue to learn lots of Torah. Be safe and be well. Please wear your masks and everything else that you need to do. It's very important. There's a lot. It's very hectic out there. And uh, the advice is to be very, very careful. Okay, God bless, guys. Lovely to see you all. Have a beautiful Shabbos. Cheers. Shabbos. Thank you, Rav. Good Shabbos, everyone.